And today we conclude our series, Change Makers. I hope this has encouraged you. I hope this has pushed you to become the change maker God has called you to be. Because every single one of us have a unique calling and unique design, a purpose that was written on the tablet of your heart by God. And it's an amazing journey. And that's what we do here at Change is even with the, the belong class and, and just coming into groups and coming into community, we are all on the path to find out what God inscribed on the inside of us. Because it's when you start to read the book, when you start to read your inscription, you start to realize why you're here. And it's so important as change makers that we plug into who he is. Today, I want to talk about overcoming fear. Overcoming fear. Fear is the the biggest thing that paralyzes. It's the greatest thing that will kill your dreams. It'll kill your calling. It'll kill the way you love your family, the way you love at work, the way you reach people for Jesus. Fear will kill and paralyze. And a lot has happened in this, this past few weeks. I mean, talk about, talk about the earth shaking. You know, we read these scriptures like, in a little while, I will shake the heavens and the earth, the seas and the dry land. What is desired by the nations will come. We read these scriptures, but today we see the fruition. I don't think I've ever read Revelation with such clarity. Have you tapped into that book lately? I saw a funny thing on on Instagram. Someone was saying, I looked out my window today to see what chapter of Revelation we're living in today. Because it's a crazy world, and there's a lot going on, and a lot has happened in our world. And we see now through social media and and the media, now we see with eyes open what is happening around our world. We see those that are in hurt. We see those that have lost everything in the midst of natural disaster. We see those in Haiti suffer. We see those in Afghanistan as those that are chasing the plane. Man, when I saw the, the footage I cried out to God and said, God, may we not take for granted the freedom that we, we freely enjoy every day. Every day. There's a pastor that got online. It's a pastor in Afghanistan. And as the chaos has happened and the Taliban has kind of taken over, the churches have had to go underground. The Taliban have reached out with lists of names of those that are serving God and spreading the word. And the messages were coming for you. And this pastor, he reached out by video. Obviously, everything blurred so that his identity would be hidden. But he said these words, and I wrote them down. He said, Though what looked like to be security has left, we will not leave the call of God. The church will be stronger and we will not quit. And I prayed in that moment, I said, God, that could be us, but it's not. That could be me and my family, but it's not. But may we never take for granted 
the position that we have. And the position is on purpose. Man, somebody touch your neighbor, say, your position is on purpose. Come on, you got to remind them, tell them their position right now is on purpose. May we not take for granted where God has placed us. And you might have faced a week that has caused you to look fear in the eye. Maybe fear might have gripped you and tried to paralyze you. But you're here. But you're here. You made it another day. You woke up and you got up. Can we just applaud those that kept going in the midst of fear this week? Come on, those of you online, we're applauding you. You got up. You're here. You made a move. You're still here. And today, I want to give you some biblical hacks to overcome fear so that you can be a change maker no matter what comes your way. And this is not just for you. This is for everybody who follows you. This is for everywhere that God has placed you on purpose. Some of you are moving. These are the last few weeks, I know I'm looking out uh, as I see uh, uh, some of you that are, are moving. God is moving you to a new season in life. Hey, God is placing you for a reason. And it's not just for you that you get this in grips. And we, we talk about turning fear to faith and overcoming fear. This is not just for you. It's for everybody who's following you. So this is very important is that we get this and we understand how to conquer fear. Are you ready? Are you ready to overcome all fear so that God can use us in a mighty way in this time? This is the greatest time to be alive. This is the greatest time to be a Christian. It's the greatest time to follow Christ. I don't care what the media says. This is the greatest hour where God is pouring out his grace and mercy on all. Amen? Amen. I think about in this time, I thought about the, the story of the Israelites and you know, Moses, he led the people out of slavery in Egypt. And so when the people got on all their, their stuff in order and they got all the people together and they're like, all right, let's line up, let's go. They walked and the Bible says the Egyptians changed their mind. They realized what they had done and changed the course of their thinking. The people of Israel now found themselves up against the sea. And they found themselves in a barrier. They had been following the pillar of cloud that had been leading them because the glory of the Lord had gone before them. But they found themselves in a predicament where they were crushed by coming up to the sea and those that were out for blood behind them. And I, I was reminded of this story because in that moment, it looks hopeless. And there's some of you in this room that you might be there. You might have come to a place in your life, maybe this week or this month or even this year, these past couple years, as we've kind of faced some crazy things in our world. Maybe you've come to a place where you feel like there is no other way. This is just where I have to settle and die. And God wants to speak to you today to, to make you realize that the pillar of God, what you place your trust into, what you are following, that thing which you are anchored to. Today I want to talk about being anchored because it's so important as a change maker to be anchored to the right things. That in the midst of adversity, in the midst of being up against and something chasing, the thing that you face, the thing that you anchor on, then becomes the thing that blocks and is a barrier between you and your enemies. 
Do you know that the, the, the devil, he prowls around like a lion, look for those he can devour? But the Bible says that God comes to give life and life abundantly. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. My friend, I have good news for you. The Lord comes to give you life and life abundantly. That no matter what you face, no matter what you're up against, the pillar of cloud that you follow, what you anchor your life to becomes the protection on you and your family. So tell your neighbor, say, prepare to be scared. Go ahead, tell them, prepare to be scared. You're like, what? Say what? It's okay. You will face fear. And that's the biggest thing we have to know. As Christ followers, as people, we will face fear. The, the, the whole message today is not to get away from fear. Because fear is actually, I'm going to show you, fear, you can use it to elevate the calling. You can use your fear to elevate your urgency and to elevate the expectation of what God wants to do. How many know that in the moment of fear is when you turn to God the most? <laughs> right? I know that's me, man. As soon as things kind of go crazy and wonky, I'm like, yo, I need to press in more into God and who he is. But you got to prepare to be scared, but expect it and expose it. Everybody say expect it and expose it. Expose it. The, the thing about fear is the most of the time, it's the things unknown. Some of you are facing things that are unknown. This season ahead is unknown. There are a lot of things that are uncertain, a lot of things that we are not sure of. And that's okay. We're going to expect it. We're going to say, you know what? We're expecting there to be a time when fear will try to grip. We're going to expect there will be a time when the enemy tries to come in and steal my joy and kill my calling and totally try to eradicate all the things of God in my life. But in that, we expose it. The scripture says that we take the weapons of divine power and we use those weapons not to just, oh, stay away, devil. Just stay, or stay back. Don't come near my house. No, no, no. The Bible says we use the divine weapons to demolish strongholds. Expect it, expose it, and then exterminate it. I think of the Terminator, you know? I'll be back. Loud. You know, you just got to get some Arnold Schwarzenegger. The other day I was, I was showing Zion who Arnold Schwarzenegger is the other day because, you know, kids these days, they don't know good stuff when they see it. So you got to teach them, right? I was like, yeah, I'll do the, the chopper, the comment to the chopper. He was like, what? I'm like, oh, man. We've got to do some schooling, brother. We've got to catch you up. Sometimes and most times, you can't fix your situation. But today, today, we're going to fix our focus. You will not always be able to fix your situation. You will never be able to fully secure and have security over around your family and yourself and all the things. This world is not certain. It's not sure. That's why we can expect to have a time where we'll try to be gripped by fear. There will be times, and, and tell you, if you read Revelation, the end times, you know, as well as I do, the truth about what's happening and what will come. It's not going to get better, right? And that's not a doomsday. It's just, it's an excitement that the Lord is coming back for his church. It should give you an urgency inside to say, what am I doing before I see my father face to face? 
What am I doing with this world? What am I doing with this life? What am I doing with the calling of God on me? And you will not be able to fix your situation, but you can fix your focus because your focus on the right thing will create force and faith towards the right outcome. The Israelites, they faced the sea. They had at their back was the enemy that wanted to destroy them, but they focused on the pillar of cloud. They were focused on what they were led by. They were always led by the Lord. And Moses in that moment remembered the word of God over them. He said, I will, remember what he told He said, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, right? I will lead you. Do you remember who he said he was to Moses at the burning bush? Who did God say he was? Somebody help me out. I am. He said, I am, fill in the blank. I am everything. I am your provider. I am your protector. I am your healer. I am the one who comes before you. I am. And Moses, remember that moment. If we fix our focus, that's why Psalm 91 is so crucial in this time. Man, if you haven't read Psalm 91 and gotten in your spirit, I encourage you, go to Psalm 91. Psalm 91 says, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Notice the two go hand in hand. It's not fixing the situation. It's fixing your focus. It's those who dwell under the Most High will then rest in the shadow of the Almighty. There are some of you that have tried to dwell in your own strength and power. You've tried to dwell in a place of peace. You just call it down. No, I'm going to live in a place of peace. I will not fear. I will not fear. I will not fear. I will not doubt. I will not doubt. I will not be afraid. I will not doubt. I will not fear. And then we scroll and look onto it. It's like, oh, I'm fearing again. I will not fear. I will not fear. I will not doubt. I will not doubt. No, the Bible says when you dwell the shelter of the Most High, then comes the rest in the shadow of the Almighty. It's where you fix your focus. Somebody look at your neighbor, tell them, fix your focus on the right thing. I think in Hebrews chapter 12, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything. Everybody say everything. Everything that what? Hinders. Everything that hinders. And the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run. Let us run with perseverance. The race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. Where's the focus? On Jesus. The focus is on Jesus. It's on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. You say, but pastor, my world is falling apart. Isn't that unwise to take my eyes off of the world? Isn't that unwise to take my hands off? No. Because when you fix your eyes on Jesus, you rest in the shadow of the Almighty. What you have to understand is, in his shadow is everything you need. 
So many times we come to God for answers. I want an answer, God. Give me an answer. Give me clarity. Give me the next step. And yet, what we need to be pursuing, let me encourage you with this, is to pursue the glory. Moses, he said, don't send us away from here unless your glory goes with us. Why? Moses understood something. In the glory, in the shadow, was everything they needed. It was protection. It was the answer. It was the clarity. It was everything. His providing in the glory. So may we seek the glory. Ah, you're not hearing me today, are you? Come on, somebody. Help me out. Say, you got to chase the glory. You got to go after the glory of God. When you get up in the morning, you're not getting up just to to get wide-eyed and bushy-tailed. So that when everybody else wakes up, you're ready to take on the world and flip pancakes and send kids to school and put the dog out. We got a dog, y'all. The Lord is teaching us patience. That dog is so cute, though. Little cinnamon. We call her Cinny Minnie. Anne wanted a dog so much, she asked for it. She's only been alive for eight years, but she's asked for it ever since she could talk. She wants a dog. I want a dog. Can I have a dog? Can I have a dog? I want a dog. Well, we got really smart one year, and we got her a robot dog. We thought this will fix everything. She's going to love this dog. There's no cleaning up after it. There's no feeding it. You can literally push power, and the dog sleeps. Like, what a beautiful world, right? Like, this will fix everything. Give it one year, and she's like, Dad, this isn't a real dog. Can I have a real dog? So again and again and again, she's wanting this dog. Anne has fixed her eyes on Jesus, okay? And she's beautiful. She, she, will, she will change the world with that stubborn streak in her. I know she will. We're going we're gonna to make sure to train it, right? Train a child in the way it should go. Never be able to depart from it. She's going to use that gift to literally transform the world and change it. But she was begging, 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 oh, please, 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 please. Well, Ashley had a weak moment. Don't think it was a change of heart. She does not like dogs still to this day. Uh, Cinnamon is getting in there. She's getting in the heart. But she had a weak moment. She said, all right, let's get a dog. And so we got a dog. But we told Anne, in order to get the dog, we have to make room for the dog. There are a lot of things you have to get rid of in order to fit this dog in your room. What you got to know is my daughter has an obsession with stuffed animals. Some of you know the way to her heart is through stuffed animals. And we plead and beg you, please stop giving stuffed animals. Thank you. There's too many stuffed animals. We told her you have to get rid of some. So Anne, fixing her eyes on the puppy... Fixing her eyes on the prize, shed weight. Can I tell you, I put down five giant garbage bags of stuffed animals that we made room for this little itty bitty cinnamon who's like three pounds. But there are some things in your life that you need to get rid of in order to make room for the glory of God to come in and build your faith. Here's some things. I want you to write them down. These are some things you have to get rid of. These are the things you have to shed 
in order for it to not hinder what God wants to do in you and through you. All right? These are some hacks. Here we go. Number one, thought patterns that are toxic. You must get rid of thought patterns that are toxic. This is the subtle, the, the subliminal thought, the subliminal question that you ask yourself. Did you know we all have subliminal questions that we ask ourselves all the time? You grew up with them. I don't know where it hits you, where it became a mark on your life and became the subtle thought that you think all the time. But there's something inside of you that always questions, why do I always mess blah, blah, blah. Why do I always fail when it comes to, I'll never be good at, you fill in the blank because you know it, you think it all the time. It's this subtle, subliminal thing that you don't, you don't think about thinking, but you think it, and it's toxic. And that's why the Bible says, Paul says, that the transformation comes with what? Renewing of the mind. You got to make new, new pathways, new neurons, new, new paths of correct thinking. And that's why so many times fear can grip so hard if you have the wrong thought pattern in place. If you have the neuron paths that are feeding you all the time, you're not good enough, right? Because daddy told you you're never good enough or whoever it was. You have someone in your life that spoke that or a situation that happened that all of a sudden you're marked this, this question inside. Why am I never, why can I, always. So you fill in the blank, but it's the toxic thinking. You must create new paths. The second thing is the feeds that cause fear. The feeds that cause fear. Now, I'm not talking about just social media because that's a big one today, right? Social media is like, what feeds are you following? There are a lot of people on your social media that you need to unfollow. The most holy thing you can do today is get on your phone and start unfollowing some voices that are causing fear. Now, I'm not talking about voices that are, are different, but I'm talking about voices because I believe in listening to others' thoughts and opinions and, and gathering the whole information. I, don't feel, I, I really don't feel like it's good to just be in your little bubble and be in a little box. But I do know this. A voice can cause a thought. And what you allow, because the Bible says the mouth right, is the gate that lets out life or death. And so when we listen to these feeds, we are literally listening to either life or death. These feeds can be toxic and they can take you down. Now, I'm not talking only about social media, y'all. Don't think you got the, some of you are like, I don't even have Instagram. I'm so holy. I don't even have that book face thing, all right? So don't even talk to me, pastor. I'm good. I want to talk to you because it's the music you allow in. Cricket, cricket. Yeah, I know. It's the music you allow in, but it's got good beats, man. I don't even listen to the lyrics. It's all about that bass drop, baby. No, it's not. No, it's not. Why has the enemy taken over the music industry? Why? It's the perfect way to kill the truth. We repeat and repeat and repeat and put it to a melody so it's catchy and we repeat and repeat and repeat. What are we doing? We're renewing. It's just the beat. No, it's not. I promise you. You're renewing your mind to something. And music has the power to affect your truth. It has the power to affect your house, the power to affect your heart. 
You say, I can't feel God. I want, to, I want your phone. Let me, let me see your Spotify playlist. Let me see what you listen to. I, I guarantee I can track down why you have a block between you and God. I guarantee it. Say, Pastor, that's old school. No, it's not old school. It's the real school. It's not, it's not old school. It'll jack you up. You have to watch the feed that causes fear. The feed that causes fear. This is movies you watch. This is TV. You're like, oh, pastor, wow, we're, we're becoming that church? Yes. Yes. Why? God's not coming back for a, a tainted bride. He's not coming back for a church that's hiding in fear. Oh, we just need Jesus to come back quickly. Quickly, God, this world is getting crazy. No. The Bible says in Revelation, if you read it, that he comes in like a judge. He comes in like ones with flames in his eyes. And it says the children of God have the name stamped on their forehead. They are the burning ones. The Bible says the kingdom of God is in the hands of the forceful ones, the violent ones, the ones that aren't giving in to what the world says is right. Paul said, don't conform to the patterns of this world. The patterns, the beat, the rhythm, the things that the world says is truth, the things that the world says is right. Well, this professional, this expert said, and it must be true. Well, I Googled it, and it said something about, no, you got to get the word of God. It's the feed that will feed the truth. Real quick, the books you read, the magazines, the news, podcasts you listen to, etc., etc. What you feed gets stronger. What you feed gets stronger. And I'm just imploring, I'm encouraging you as the church in this time and moving forward, not just in this time, because yeah, we say that, but it, this is for all time. Because God wants to make you a change maker who hears his voice clearly so that you can come in and transform the moment, transform a life, because you have the power of God in you. What's different between the, the church in Acts and the church today is distraction. We're distracted. We're too distracted to hear him. We're too distracted to flow in the gift. We're too distracted to have the power of God in our life. We don't have the glory because we're distracted. We got way too many feeds that are feeding us lies, 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 lies. And then we get it to a beat and it feels real good. So we have lies, lies, lies. All day, got lies, lies, lies. AirPods all day. Lies, lies, lies. Feeding us, all right? So what you feed gets stronger, okay? What you feed gets stronger. So watch your feeds. And the last thing is people that speak death over the truth in your life. I, I just know this from personal experience. And this is just my personal thing. But I believe that who you allow to speak into your life will define what you think about life. The people you allow to influence you will influence your future. And I encourage you to get the right circle around you. I don't care what it costs. I don't care what it takes. Get the right voices speaking into you. This is, this is environments. This is network. I'm telling you, I'm very intentional with my time to make sure that I plug into leaders that are where I want to be. Now, I do take time and I plug into leaders that are where I am right now. So I'd be like, hey, good job, brother. Encourage you, man. Come on, let's keep fighting. Let's keep going. Let's do, let's do our thing. But then I make sure to take time and plug into where I want to be. The leaders, I want, I want those voices speaking over me. Even in the messages that I listen to, I'm very selective to the voices I allow to speak into my heart and my life. Why? Because the voices influence my thoughts. 
The voices influence my faith. If you got a preacher preaching about, you know, just making it through life, the struggle is real, and you're going to make it if you just surrendered. I mean, I'm just, I'm tired of it. No, we are, we are way more than conquerors, Paul said. We're more than conquerors. We're not just suffering through life. No, God gave us the power to be change makers. Come on, somebody. We're here to make change, not to wait on change, not to wait on God. We're here to come in and stop, make noise and say, I'm here with the kingdom of God. Here I am. Hear my roar. So who you surround yourself with is, is super important. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, coming to a close here. Talks about the armor of God. I just want to point out a few things in here. You can read this on your own time, okay? Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 18. Talks about the whole armor of God. It starts off by saying, finally, be strong in the Lord. And that's what I want to encourage you today with, is God, it wants to make you strong. He wants to make you strong. Not a place uh, of timidity, right? The, the Bible says that we were not given a spirit of timidity or fear. That's, that's actually brought on by the world's influence. That was not given to you by God. He did not give you a spirit of fear and say, well, you just got to deal with that. No, that's a learned trait. We, we've been taught to fear. We've been taught to come into a place where we fear each other now. And we have to wear masks and we have to not touch. And we have, that's, all, that's all taught. It's taught fear. We were not given that. He said, I've given you a spirit of power. In verse 10, he says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God. And then he, he points out a couple things. The belt of truth. The belt of truth. And that's all of these things. Making sure you have the truth of God in your life. The shield of faith. And I love this because it's to defeat the enemy of your soul with the weapon God put in your hand. But your faith has to be guarded. You have to guard your faith with truth. There are different kinds of fear. The fear of loss. The fear of what if. What if. What if the outcome is not what I thought it was going to be? What if my kids get into the wrong? What if, what if I can't protect them? What if I can't guard them? I mean, that's a big thing for parents today. I mean, there's so much going on in the world with, with everything, with opinions and people's agendas and all this stuff. It can, it can drive you nuts. But it's in that time that we renew our mind for battle. We can't ignore fears, but we have to anchor our thoughts and I want to just, I want to release a little, here's a, here's a hack for you, okay? Studies have shown, I love when science catches up with the Bible. It's so good. <laughs> You've seen that? It's like, hey, that's in the Bible. But they're just now getting it. But fear and excitement are the same thing with your body's reaction to it. Your body gets an arousal state just like fear and excitement. They're both the same thing. The only difference is what your mind is saying. Isn't that interesting? It's only what your mind is saying that is different. So fear says, no, you can't do that. No, you shouldn't. No, you should hide. There's something bad on the other side. Excitement causes you to go after the situation because of the desired outcome. So I want to give you a hack. You ready? This has been proven. Millions of people have gotten this secret, but it's actually in the Bible where it talks about being transformed by the renewing of our mind. In the moment of fear, 
we cause ourselves to be anchored to a thought that God gave us. So we turn the fear into expectation for what God wants to do in the moment. That as soon as the moment of fear comes and you start to feel the sweats, you start to feel the anxiety take over, you start to feel everything start to crumble beneath, you're like, oh my word, the ground's, oh, what do I do? And you start getting a panic. In that moment, you remind yourself, like David said, Lord, the Lord is on the throne. He has called me here for such a time as this. I will not fear, for God is with me. And you get some anchor thoughts that you can go to right away. We, we actually created a sword for war. I want to make sure everybody in this church has a sword for war. Sword for war is literally just a list of scriptures that you can use as weapons to fight in the moment of fear in the moment of doubt, in the moment when things start to get shaky, every morning even, getting up and speaking the word of God. I cannot tell you how many mornings I come in and I'm like, whew, okay, I I need some help this morning. And so I'll pull out my scriptures and I'll read them and I'll remind my spirit, I'll remind myself who I am in Christ, who is for me and therefore who is for me defends me from who is against me, amen? So here are the anchors. Number one, scripture. Write this down. You're going to have to process it this week, okay? Scripture. Make sure you're anchored to the right things that drive decisions to face fear. Scripture defines for us what is truth. In order to see the world clearly, in order to see the world right and correctly, we have to look through the filter of scripture. I'm telling you, get in Revelation Get in the axe. Get in because that is the season we're in right now. Okay? It's the season we're here right now. And if you're not reading it, you're going to go through and just believe whatever the news says. You're going to believe whatever Facebook says. Oh, this person made a great video. I've seen so many documentaries. I'm like, that was chopped. That's a lie. Just see right through it. And you'll believe anything if you don't have the truth and filter of God. So get scripture in you. And I'm not talking about just read a line here and there. I'm talking about memorize it. Write it down. Get it in your spirit. Process it. What does it mean? Look it up. There's tons of things online. Get scripture in you so that you can remind yourself, wait, 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 wait. My God is on the throne. The Bible says that if God is for me, who can be against me? So then you come at the situation differently. I should not fear in this moment, right? He speaks life over us. Number two, here's a hack. God's definition of the season is an anchor. God's definition of the season. Remember we talked about writing the vision and making it plain. It's so important that you write the vision of God down. Write the the definition of the season what he called this year, what he called this season. Maybe you got to go month by month. Like, God, what's this month? Everything's changing so fast. Maybe you got to go month by month and say, God, clarify for me. What is the word? Remind me. Write it down so you can read it over and over again. Say, God, what's your definition of this season? I watch the news. They say, it's chaos. Everybody's going on thing. And then I go back and say, no, this is the greatest hour to be alive. God has called this hour the great awakening for Philadelphia. This is the great awakening for Change Church. So I remind myself what season I'm in by God's definition. If the Israelites would have listened to the situation and what they were in, they would have said, doomsday, we all dead. Y'all just lie down. They're going to kill us. But God, he defined the season. He was in charge of the outcome. And so they relied on him. And
And he made a path where there seemed to be no path. And that's what God's going to do in you as, you as you plug into his definition of the season. Say, God, why is this happening? Why am I struggling? Why are things falling apart? Why do things happen that I don't think should happen? And let him define it. Say, remember what I spoke to you in January? Remember what I spoke to you when you were in the quiet place? Get back to that definition. I haven't changed. My word stays final. Many are plans in the man's heart, but the Lord's purpose prevails. Hallelujah. All right, coming to a close. Remember, Elijah, coming to a close. The last thing, and this is so important, self-declarations are an anchor. You got scripture, that's like prime. You got God's definition, that's the vision. The vision, remember vision is what you see with your eyes closed. It's what you see with your eyes closed. And then self-declarations, what do you call yourself? Self-declarations anchor, they're an anchor for your character during times of fear and uncertainty. They will help you make the proper decisions in times of chaos. When the world's falling apart, you remember who you are. Because who you are, who you are defines how you react. If you're a leader, then you don't go ham whenever things go crazy right? If you're a change maker, you don't walk in and throw up your hand and say, sorry. Sorry. Things are bad. Sorry. You're sick. I'm sorry. No hope. No. You're a change maker. It changes everything. You walk in and you say, all right, things are bad. How do I change it? It's self-declarations. We're going to have these available. And if you need them, I encourage you to email us. Hello at thisischange.org. I want to make sure everybody has it available. Hello at thisischange.org. Email and say, I want the self-declarations. Okay, we're going to make sure you get them. Self-declarations, the word of God you can speak over yourself every day to remind yourself who you are in Christ so that you walk into every situation as a change maker. Hallelujah. I believe today that God He's going to minister to you. And again, I don't know your situation, but I know there's been a lot happening. We've been facing a lot as a people, but I know this, that God is the one who takes the cloud that was leading you and places it before you. In fact, the Bible says that he prepares a table in the presence of your enemies. He puts food on the table when your enemies are pursuing you. And I truly believe that it's for you to remember God is your provider and the enemies, they really don't have say over what God provides because what God has placed on the table can't no enemy take off the table. What God has spoken over your life can't no devil take that calling away from you. What God has placed on you can't nobody wash off of you. And so we place him But I believe that today, God wants to encounter you. If you're at home watching the stream today, God wants to encounter you. If you're in this room, God wants to encounter you today. If you've been facing fear 
and you want to go, when you, you just want the Spirit of God to overwhelm your spirit today and fill you up with faith to face tomorrow, to face the next day, to face this week, face this month, because God is making you a change maker. He's going to fill you with power today. Will you just raise up both hands back? Stand to your feet. If you want more of God today, you want Him to empower you for the road ahead, for everything that God has called you to, because guess what? It's not just about you. It's about those that are following you. It's about those that just shouted us from the kids' room. It's about those that are looking to you at your workplace. Those that are unsaved, that are looking at your way that you react to what's happening in the world. Your joy that you continue to have every time you show up to work. How are you always smiling? How are you always happy? How are you always full of peace? How are you always full of joy? How are you giving out in the midst of chaos in your world. God's going to fill you with that power. Would you lift up both hands right now? God, release your spirit all over this room. Hallelujah. I pray for the power of God. Fill every individual. God, through the live stream, thank you that you have no barriers. God, fill every heart. Fill every heart, God. As we focus in on you, as we hack into your word, God, hack into your definition of the season, hack into what you called us to call ourselves. God, we plug into the power and the presence of the Almighty. 